We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. There's an f- awesome flow of the Spirit here this morning. Thank you, Lord. I'm always reminded when I see the children come up that Jesus just sat them on His lap. I know there were disciples that said, we've got more important things to do, Lord, than this. But Jesus stopped them in their tracks and said, listen, just understand something. Unless you can come unto me just like these little children, you, you can't get there. You, you've got to come to me just like these little children. In their innocence and in their desire, I wonder how many times Jesus did that. How many cities did He go into? How many places? How many homes? When, when the adults were just ready to have their, their dinner, to have their say, to talk about their Scripture, to, that Jesus just didn't stop and take the kids and just... I think He felt a more awesome love just from the children sitting on His lap and loving Him. That's what He wants to do for us today in the Spirit. See, we're His children, and He wants us to just sit in His lap and just love Him. Just love Him. Those little kids didn't come to Jesus with anything in mind, but just to love Him, just just to be next to Him. God bless you this morning. Please be seated. Back in the 1960s, I I was growing up as a little boy, and uh, I still remember, I grew up in the country, the country setting, so things in the urban world didn't hit us quite as fast, but I remember the discussion between the young adults and college kids of that age, and a lot of them were, you would see them on television, you'd hear them on radio, and you'd end the by of just talking to people, there was this thing called open or uh, they called it open love that's what they called it but it wasn't the open love that we think of it was a time in America where a liberalism began to creep into our country and the open love was that they wanted to have their own kind of love any way they wanted to have it whenever they wanted to have it wherever they wanted to have it was it anybody else's business and we were just going to have open love and uh, so the country was swept by crowds of teenagers and college-age students just traveling from coast to coast. Some of them in these little weird Volkswagen vans and some of them in cars that you think that's not going to make it down the block. But they traveled all over and they just were looking for other people f- with this free love idea. Now, that sounds like a nice idea, doesn't it? Just free love, open love. But the problem with that generation was they didn't understand love. What they were actually was asking for was we, we want the opportunity to have sex whenever we wanted, whenever we want, and however we wanted, and with whoever we wanted. That's what they wanted. And so in the, in the 60s, this liberalism began to creep into America. And so I remember as a young boy how it, you, know, you would hear things, and it wasn't the things that you were taught. 
and you would hear of things from this group of people that wasn't the things that lined up scripturally and biblically, but they made it sound like it was the right thing. It was purposeful. It had meaning. It had, had all the things that anybody would want to have in their right mind. And, and that's kind of the way liberalism acts. It, it acts on the emotion, and it brings in emotion into fact. You know, what you find in most liberal thinkers, and that, I'm not talking about politics here. Liberalism is not politics. Listen, folks, a lot of people have pinned liberalism on Democrats, and a lot of Democrats have liberal thinking. But liberalism came, it, it has nothing to do with politics. It, it, it's a mode of thinking. It's a mindset. And so I remember, uh, you know, getting up into 11, 12, 13 years old of age, how this thing had swept through our country and how our country had actually accepted it. Now, in those days, and you hear this word every now and then, the, the, the group would come along, and most of the guys had real long hair, and, you know, most of the girls had, had the things around their head, and they had no shoes, and they called them hippies. I'm not, I didn't look it up. I'm not sure where that term came from. Maybe it was because they were hip in that day. They were hippies. But out of this culture and out of this liberalism, as I moved on into my teenage years into the 70s, what, what I discovered was they had an impact on my society that I didn't realize. You see, when liberalism, and, and again, I, I want you to, to, to stop for a second and remove Republican or Democrat out of your mindset right now. Remove that out of your mindset. We're talking about liberalism. What happened with that was liberal, liberalism brought into, a, into the 70s a, a new move of uh, Gnosticism. It brought in a new, uh, a new move of, well, maybe there's a God, maybe there's not a God. Whether or not it is or not, it really doesn't matter. And if you want to love a God, you love a God, and, and we won't. And then from that movement, as we moved into the later 70s, atheism really began to take hold to this country. Atheism, believing there is no God, there is no, there is no supreme being, there is no creator, there is, there's not one that loves you and cares for you and that, that died for you. There's no, there's no God, there's no person like that, there's no individual, there's no spirit like that. That's all part of your mindset. This is what liberalism does. A lot of, you know, when you think of the true idea of liberalism, you, you think of the fact that, you know, to be liberal is to be free. To be liberal is to be free. That's the mindset. But the true fact of the matter is that what liberalism brings is far from freedom. And so what has happened through the course of this time, and obviously you can tell now that, that I'm not going off script of what I've, I felt something totally different this morning when I got here. Uh, and so our, our, our nation began to progress, if you will, you know, from, from this free love, this this openness and liberalism to Gnosticism to atheism and you know, the isms go on and on and on. And so our country grew, grew into a place in the 80s where we felt the need. We felt the need for God. There was somewhat of a resurrection uh, of loving God in the 80s, but it was quickly, quickly diminished by liberalism. Liberalism grew into a place where we as Americans have the right to do whatever we want to do as long as it doesn't hurt someone else, as long as it doesn't affect how they, their life and how they are and how they react. And, but the problem with that is, and the, the basis of liberalism is that there's nothing you can do that doesn't affect someone else. 
nothing you can do that doesn't affect someone else. And so the liberalism began to grow in America. And so we saw God being taken out, uh, uh, first of all, just out of society in general. But they knew in liberalism that there was still this this idea that God was based in our government and God was based in the way we, uh, our laws and God was based in how we live our lives. And so little by little, liberalism began to eat away at those things. So, well, not only, God just wasn't removed from society. And I don't know if you remember the early sitcoms, but, but that's when the early sitcoms came around in the early 80s and 90s. And these sitcoms were developed and they basically said that you know Christians were idiots and fanatics and you know to believe in a god and so they begin to progress their idealisms uh another ism into the lives of America and so that well we we took prayer out of school and then then we took let's take down the commandments and you know let's we're not going to say a prayer at the beginning of a football game and all kinds of things all of these things and so what you, here's what you find when this happens anytime you remove god out of something God is light, and anytime you remove God out of something, then darkness begins to filter in. Darkness begins to filter in. And so in the process that we see going through, and that's, that's the thing about darkness, and that's the thing about this idealism of liberalism, is that it's, it's very subtle. It's never in a hurry. It wants to creep in and creep in and creep in. And before you know it, you wake up one day and the light's off. It's darkness. And so through the 90s, we saw a resurrection then of the cultism. If you remember the 90s, some of you weren't even born then, so just bear with me. In the 90s, there were those that the occultism began to, spiritualism, mysticism, all of those Eastern mysticism all began to rise up in America. And so little by little, America continued to forget God. And I was reminded not long ago as I was reading how that God said the nation, the people that forget me, he didn't say I'll destroy you. He didn't say I'll, I'll, I'll command you to do. He said I will forget you. The reason this nation was great in the beginning is that we had God on our side and we didn't forget God. But over, over the past few, gener- in my generation, in the past few decades, what we're seeing is this. We're just forgetting God. We're just leaving him out. And so now the process has moved from the 90s to, the, th- to the, 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 the new millennium. You know, when the new millennium rolled around, there was a lot of people who said, this is going to be a new dynasty for people. This is going to be a new age for people. The stars are going to line up. Man, they start talking astrology. And I don't know if you remember all this, how they, they talked it up really big, the news and all, anywhere you would look and read that because certain planets were going to line up and because there were certain things going to happen in the stars that uh, the world was going to change in such a drastic way. And it did. A lot happened in the stars. Hollywood went downhill. The ones that we call the stars. You, isn't that amazing? What we call Hollywood people? Stars? Why, why would we do that? Because they're in no way stars at all. And yet that was the process. You see how the process of liberalism works? The process, it, it slowly over its time brings into our lives darkness. It, it, and, and if you'll notice, let's just get into the mid-2000s, how that darkness began to really creep into America. America began to fight America. Liberalism now has pitted us against one another. I'm not talking about Democrat. I'm not talking about Republican. I'm not talking about Independent. 
I'm not talking about race. I'm not talking about ethnicity. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about liberalism. And we need to understand something here. I've, I've really felt this morning on the way here, God spoke to me. It's time. He wants the church to rise up because that's what liberalism is. It's the destruction from the devil. Where you find the devil, we talked about it this morning. Where you find destruction, you find the devil. The devil chooses to destroy. The, the reason there's destruction throughout the Bible is the devil got his hold. You don't believe me? Look at Noah. Look at Noah. The destruction came not because God, but it came because of man. Because their liberalism had come in so... Evil was constantly on their minds. If they had television sets back then, that's all they watched. If they had radios back then, that's all they listened to. If they had magazines back then, that's all they read. If there were, if there were universities then, all the universities wanted to dis discount God. Doesn't exist. Doesn't happen. But whatever the case was then... That's what happened with liberalism. And so then you come into a place called Sodom and Gomorrah where, oh, we're back to free love. Love who you want, how you want, when you want. And because of that, that, that destruction came. What was that? It wasn't because of God. It was because darkness. The devil had entered into the lives of people through liberalism, the thinking. What is liberalism? Liberalism is the thinking that deteriorates the will of God. That's what liberalism is. It's the thinking that deteriorates the will of God. It takes the will of God out of your life. That's what liberalism. We've pinned it on, let's be honest, we've pinned it on the Democrats, haven't we? There's a lot of churches today that work and operate in liberalism. Oh, but we're, we're conservative. Do away with our political scheme. You see what the devil has done in America? He's brought it to a point where we've politicized something that he has captured in our lives, liberalism, taking the things of God away from God's people. And so God wants the church. It's, listen, there's ever a time the church needs to rise up, it's today. If there's ever a time the church needs to be, be the church, it's today. God doesn't call us to call the world in so that it can affect the church. God calls us to be in the world so that we can affect the world. That's why we're here. We're here to affect the world. We're not here to pat each other on the back. We're not here to have conventions. We're not here to have all of these things that we tie our time up with that, we're, that causes us to feel good about ourselves. The reason that we're here is to erase the liberalism that's been brought in by the devil. And the only way we do that is that we become the church again. That we be the, be the church again. Well, I thought we'd been being the church have we been being the church? Man, God just talked to me this morning on the way here and talked to me about, okay, Don, have you been the church? What is the church? Listen, I, everybody look at me. This is not a spanking. This is not a demeaning thing to you. Do not feel anything negative because if you do, you're listening to the enemy. The enemy's not going to like this because we have discovered what the enemy's doing. God has revealed to us what the enemy is doing, and we have the answer to how to get rid of the enemy. Why do you think America is in the shape that it's in? Look around you. And, and, you know, when I was a senior in high school in 1975, I would never have dreamed that our country and our world is in the position that it's, it's in. 
You know, I always thought we would progress. But I always thought, and you know what? By the time I'm 60, we'll be colonizing Mars. <laughs> it's a funny thing. Some, some, there's not anybody that's here that was. When I taught Sunday school here way back, the Sunday school class, I said, listen, there's going to be some years not too far from now when you're going to think Pastor Don is the most brilliant person you've ever met in your life. Now, that's a stretch, right? You're going to think he is so brilliant. Why is that? Because I'm telling you something. There's a colony of people on the moon. Oh, my goodness. You should have, look, your, their faces look like yours. Back in 1983, they declassified the stealth jet. Well, we all knew what the stealth was. You remember that coming out? Oh, wow, this new, new plane that we've got is so powerful. And what we didn't realize is that in 1953, we were using it in Korea. It had been around 30 years, and we didn't know anything about it. Why was that? Because it was a... So Pastor Don's not really all that brilliant. You know what Pastor Don was able to do? Just look back and say, okay, if that's what that was about the stealth, let's do a little investigation. Two years almost to the month after I made that statement, online was the picture of the colony that we have on the moon. Some of you still didn't know that, did you? The colony of people we have on the moon. What Does that mean Pastor Don was so smart that he had a vision? Or does it mean he understood the times? It means he understood the times. And he understood the methods. And so God awakened to me something today. You need to understand the times and His methods. Our country is sinking into the abyss. And it's all because of the liberal thinking, not the liberal political system. Liberalism is not a political system. It's not a political system. It's a, it's a mindset. And so look where we're at in America today. Think about where we're at in America. Do I need to stand here and talk about the things that are going on in America? Things that we, you know, I can look at some of you because you're older than me, and you surely didn't think this was going to be going on. But now it's happening. Why is that? Because we, we have been blinded by darkness. When we took God out of the scene, when we took God away from the things it brought darkness and blinded our eyes to what's going on in America. And you know what God's saying today is it's time for my light to shine. It's time for my light to be brilliant. I was reading this past week, and I'll just a quick back when the Jews would, would plant seed and they would they would set the dirt and plant it, get everything ready, there was a there was a uh, former rain and that that what that rain would do is that once the seed was planted in the ground and the ground had been prepared, that rain would actually give water to that seed and cause it to germinate because the ground was hot enough. All of the things of that happens in, uh, with that kind of with, with nature. And that former rain was a good soaking hard uh, rain that would, would last them for, for a long time. It would fill their cisterns and it would fill their ponds and it would cause the rivers to run. But over time, what would happen would be that that water would subside because it was in use. But then there was a latter rain. 
And that's when the, the things that they had planted had come up and there would be bushes with leaves and these flowers on them, all this stuff, but no fruit. And what would happen would be that latter rain, which would be twice the amount of rain, would come and, and hit that, that all of a sudden it would cause that fruit to then pop out and become the fruit edible for them, usable for them. And the Bible says that in the last days that there was a former reign of the Holy Ghost and there's a latter reign of the Holy Ghost. And that former reign was on Pentecost, the day that the Spirit fell. And that latter rain is in the last days. And so God promises that there's going to be twice the amount of the power of rain that's going to fall in these last days. And that's when His church is going to shine. It's going to be those people full of the Holy Ghost. That light's going to shine. It's going to be brilliant. And while the world's falling apart around us, our light's going to shine. I talk to so many people that are scared to death about tribulation. Scared to death that we're, you know, I, I, I bought this new cell phone. Did I take the mark of the beast? I got this tattoo. Did I take the mark of the beast? Uh, you know, they're, they're put, giving us pills now, and they have things in them. When you swallow them, they can follow you all around, and there are little cells that stay within you, and the government can, did I take the mark of the beast? And all of this fear is drummed up. You know what, what causes fear? God brings fear upon us. No, you know what? The enemy sees the light starting to shine. He saw the enemy hears the rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. The enemy hears the rain starting to fall. The church is beginning to rise up again. And because of that, because of the move of the Spirit, the enemy is one more time wanting to try to shut down the light. And so the only way he knows how to do it is fear. In my studies, I found something that's brilliant that God has done. Before it flooded, he took his people aside and put them into safety. Before the fire fell and consumed the city, he took his people aside and put them to safety. Listen, God's very, I am the Lord and I change not. You, you need to lose some fear about this end time business. God's saying this to us today, we need to lose the fear about the end time. The end time is meant to be a rejoicing and a what God wants to do. If 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost in that day received the Holy Ghost in that particular time, that tells me that at least in some place, Eliezer, somewhere, in the outpouring, 6,000 people are going to receive it at some place in some place. And then the next day there was 5,000. So that tells me at some place, somewhere, this outpouring, there's going to be 10,000 that's going to receive it. And then the next day it was multitude. They couldn't add it. It was multitudes of people receive. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? It's the latter day rain. Right before the harvest. God's about to harvest. He's about to harvest. He's going to swoop in here and he's going to do his harvest. I want to be a part of that harvest. I want to be a part of the church because not everybody sitting in a church today is going to be in that harvest. You hate to say that, but it's the truth. It's the people that understand that because darkness can't comprehend light, that light shines above darkness and light pushes darkness out, that that's what the church, because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But he also said, you. You're a city on a hill, a light that cannot be covered and what God's calling us to today is to be the church, to be the light. I don't know how many people were healed. It doesn't talk about on the day. I guarantee you the way the Holy Ghost moves that not only were there 3,000 people 
that received the Holy Ghost that day, there had to be healings. There had to be deliverance. There had to be people there that all their life they had suffered, and now they were free. All of those things are happening. And while this world is coming to its close, and while this world, and listen, if Jesus comes today, we got another thousand and seven years before the world comes to a close. Another thousand and seven years until the end of the world. So understand this. Jesus has purposed you to be in this Latter-day harvest, in this Latter-day church, for the purpose of the Latter-day reign. That's why you're here. Many of us think we're here to be saved. That's a byproduct. Go to heaven, byproduct. I was reading this week about what we're going to be doing in heaven. Been studying, and the Bible tells us, gives us some ideas about what we're going to be doing in heaven. But you know what? Right now, I want to live in this one. We were talking again in the back. What we do here, once we get on the other side, once the rapture happens and you get on the other side, there's no more preparation of anything you're ever going to do in eternity. Not one more bit of preparation. That's why we're here today. We're prepping for what we're going to do here in the millennial reign and then what we're going to finally do when we get to that final place. But if we're not the church, if we're not the church, that's what God's calling us to be. What does the church do? The church reaches outside. The church goes outside. The, the, the church is on the move. God's church is, God's church is not a dead church because God's not a dead God. It's a live church, full of life. I, I watched a little movie. I, Jana laughs at me all the time, because, and y'all probably will too, because it's, I guess it's a girly movie, Mary Lennox, The Secret Garden. If you've ever seen it, then some of you think, oh, Pastor Don's gone girly. The Secret Garden. In that movie, it's so full of things that if you do in life are important. But in part of it, they're in this garden that looked completely dead. And the little girl asked the guy that kind of was always around and said, is this dead? And he took out his little pocket knife and he scraped the side of it. And when he scraped it off, it was green. He said, see, this is wick. Wick, what's wick? She said, alive, full of life. And so what God's doing today is he's peeling back the bark of the church because the church is wick. It's alive. It's full of life. And the reason he's pulling back the bark is because we look like we're dead. It appears to the, the devil we're dead. It appears to the world we're dead. It appears we're done. But I'm here to tell you today, church, we're not done. God, and listen, I'm going to say it this way. The U.S. is going to hell in a handbasket. Pardon me if that offends you, but that's just it. I don't own a handbasket, but I could draw you a picture one. But that's where we're headed. That doesn't mean that we, that doesn't mean God can't change. Whether God changes America or not depends on who. Say it again. The church. God's people are who God uses to do God's will. And it's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God's waiting on us. What are we going to do? He's waiting on us. God has this fantastic, it's kind of like you're, you're at the door and you're ready to open the door and the people inside are waiting to give you this fabulous prize. And you keep standing at the door and you keep standing at the door and you keep standing at the door 
And, and the people inside are like, and the angels are like, you know, because the angels look into this and like, like, man, we don't get that. But, man, we know God well enough to know this. Wow. We, we, I can't wait to blow the trumpet. You know what? That, the archangel, I can't, I can't wait to see this. Eliezer, yeah, he's, I can't wait to blow. Tell me when. So I want to see this because this is unbelievable. We've, this has never been experienced in the history that we've seen in this humanity thing you created. And I can't wait to see this. And, and I can't wait to that millennium. Now, you've talked about a thousand years where you're going to rule on the earth. And I can't wait to see what your people are going to do. The angels, they're like, come open the door. Open the door. Come on, open the door. And we're right there. Our hands on the knob. Turn it. Just a little from wind. We'll open it up. Just a little move of spirit. Just, just a little bit. We'll open up that door to this amazing thing that God wants to do in this last day. And I'm excited about it. I don't know if you... I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm trying not to jump on the... I'm not trying not to Tom Cruise you. I want to jump on the couch, but I'm trying to be smart and know that I don't have a hip and a knee that's... But I'm excited about it because I'm seeing in Scripture, the more I read, how God wants to bless and use this people in this end time more than He ever has any people. We are so different than any people He's ever had. We're so different. And we're charged and we're full of life and we're full of spirit. You understand the reason the devil is so messed up about this is that he never counted on God living in us. He always saw God living around, outside, and moving on. But to God to move in his people that messed the devil totally up. Now he's on the run. Is he having a heyday? You know, that, that's what a person that's about to lose it is taking a torch and running through the field and starting the field on fire because they're running. They're getting out of the way. They're just trying to leave as much. And that's what the devil's doing in our country. America, it's time for a revival. America, it's time for us to... What if the world revival depended on what Tabernacle of Praise and Kennedale did? What if the world revival... Because there was a hundred, the revival began with 120 people. And it depended on them just going to a room and staying there in prayer for 10 days. I'm not going to ask y'all to come up here and pray for 10 days. But that, it all depended on whether they did that or not. You see, 500 started. 380 of them couldn't wait 10 days. Only 120 were left. But look what happened in the latter or the former reign. Look what happened. And the expectation God has for us is, because God's always consistent, is that there's going to be a people. There's going to be somebody that says, all right, Lord, we believe you. We're going to do it. We're going to be there. We're, going to, we're waiting on you now. And that's what God wants us to say to him today. God, we're waiting on you now because we're plugged in. We believe. So my question to you today as we stand, I know this was different, but I felt like God want me to speak this to you today. The question to us that God is asking today, do we believe? Is what Pastor Don just said a simple story? A dream, 
a vision. Is it a, did he have too much pizza last night? No, I didn't eat pizza last night. So you can eliminate that one. Or could it be that God truly is, because I believe this, I believe God speaks to me. Not because of who I am, but because of who I am. God would not go without speaking to His children. No more than you'd go without speaking to yours. You're going to speak what into your children? Wisdom, life, love, hope. All of You're going to speak that into their lives. And that's what God's speaking into our lives today. If we'll just believe that that's what He's speaking. Some of us are going to go home today and say, well, that was a nice speech. Praise God. Hope He gets well. Some of you are going to go home today and you're going to think about this. Hmm. Now, I'm going to have to study about that. I'm going to have to study about that. That's fantastic. I hope you do. You're going to catch fire when you do. And some of us are going to say, you know what? I don't have to go home and think about it. I don't think Don's crazy. I think I'm going to plug in today. Many of the things that happen in our life and don't happen in our life simply happen for one reason or don't happen for one reason. Believe. Believe. The greatest faith Jesus could find in all of Israel didn't even belong to Israel. The greatest faith Jesus could find in Israel didn't even belong. It was a Gentile. I haven't found... Not in all of Israel have I found so great a faith. What's he saying to the church today? There's somebody in the church. You see, the church is called Israel in the New Testament. In Scripture, we're called Israel. And God's saying, there's great, does it have to come out outside of Israel? No, God, our faith should be here. This time, Lord, let faith come out of, in, be involved of, be part of, be who we are. Faith, Israel, let it be us, God. Let it, let it be tabernacle of praise. There's not going to be any bragging rights of heaven. But, I, I'm sorry, can Don step in here? Wouldn't it be great at the end to stand up and say, oh, Hey, you guys, y'all started the first one. Peter, Andrew, Mary. Y'all started the first one, but uh, ours was twice as good. Ours was twice as powerful. We were in one that was twice. And guess, guess what? Hey, Peter, you know what? It started in Kennedale, Texas. It started. Wouldn't that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I'd like to dream that right now because I'd love for that to see that. Wouldn't, wouldn't you just love to see this powerful move of the Holy Ghost start right here? Acts 2, it says, when this was noised abroad. What comes to your mind when you think when something's noised abroad? Mm -hmm. One way or another, thousands of people heard it. And when that move happens here, one way or another, thousands of people are going to hear it. And thousands of people experienced it. And one way or another, thousands of people are going to experience it here. It won't be, listen, 
That kind of move won't be inside this building. Bring your umbrellas. Bring your lawn chairs. It's going to be so massive and so powerful. And God's going to do such a work that it's going to encompass this whole lot of land we live on. And Pastor Don, you're getting out there. Yep, you're right. I am. I want to get out there. I want to believe God. And so this morning, God's question to us is the church of God. Are we the church of the living God? Are we the church of the dead God? Are we the, are we the alive church of the alive God? Or are we the dead church of the dead God? Who, who are we? Who are we? If you want to plug in this morning, Pastor, I am. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Man, you're right in. You're in the system. You're right there. The beautiful thing about a lamp is it has a bulb in it and it illuminates, right? But you got to do something first. But when you plug it in, it illuminates. Come get plugged in this morning. Come get plugged in this morning. Come get illuminated this morning. Come get plugged in. Come fit the, the charge and the power of the Holy Ghost. God is doing something in Tabernacle of Praise that's going to extend so far out of here. It's going to be noised abroad so far. And God's going to touch people's lives. And you are going to be the part of it. You're going to be involved in it. You're going to be the ministers in it. You're going to be the baptizers and the prayers. You're going to be the ones that lay hands on the sick. You're going to be the ones that, that cast out devils. You're going to be the one that lays hands and there's deliverance. You're going to be the ones that's just going to believe and pray. You're going to walk along sidewalks just like Peter. And the very idea of being there, that the Spirit of God's there, God's going to move and minister. But it starts somewhere. God, let it start today in Tabernacle of Praise. Lord, I know what you've told me today. And I know it may sound strange to our mind, but we want to break the liberalism that's in America today. We want to bring back, not conservatism, we want to bring back Jesus into, into our lives. Jesus into our cities. Jesus into our states. Jesus into our countries. We want to bring you back into America. We want to see a great revival, Lord. It begins with somebody. Let it begin with us, God. Here we stand at this altar. We're plugging in, God. We're plugging in. We're believing. God, I believe this is what you want in the last day. I believe, God, that you want to bring revival to us. I believe, God, that you want to bring the healings, the deliverance, all of those things, Lord. I believe it today. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No other name. There's no other name. Jesus' name. But, God, we as a people need to believe. We need to be the church. And so we stand here today. We're your church today. We're the ecclesia. We're the called out ones. We're the spirit filled ones. God, I pray that because we all have the anointing of your spirit, we recognize that we just need to let that spirit flow in our lives. In Jesus' name. Reach out to the Lord right now. The Lord wants to place us place you in a special place to be prepared and be ready for what He's doing. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. 
We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.